0: Greetings. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 19 of the Legacy Drawing Board. The podcast journey and experience that wants you to build a stronger, more meaningful legacy by embracing good design principles. I'm your host, Ron Fong. This podcast is based on three principles. The first, the vision. To have you see yourself and your world through the lens of legacy design and building. The second, the mission. To introduce you into the world of design. And have you emerge as a storyteller? And finally, the all-important purpose. There's a perpetual need for leadership that calls us to edify each other by building enduring relationships. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast for some time, I I thank you for your support. And I want to hear from you. I want to know how these episodes are helping you in terms of your legacy building. Are you able to discover your purpose? Have you clarified your vision? And have you made a stronger commitment to your mission? Please send me your comments, your thoughts. My email is rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. Originally, I was going to release my episode, my interview with a young entrepreneur, uh, Isaiah Sedawan, uh, C- Unfortunately, due to logistics, that was not possible. For this episode, I'm going to talk about the mechanics of creativity. We tend to think of creativity as either we have it or we don't, or that it's just going to come out of the blue, and nothing could be further from the truth. Thomas Edison said that genius is 1% inspiration, and it's 99% perspiration. I've talked about the foundations of good design by citing Dieter Rams, the influential industrial German designer, and his 10 principles of good design. The very first principle for Dieter Rams in terms of good design is innovation. Your ability to see things differently, your ability to try new things, that is going to be what's gonna be guiding, what's gonna be leading, what's gonna be propelling your legacy building. Be innovative. And when it says be innovative, it means also be true to yourself. It doesn't mean that you're gonna be copying someone. It doesn't mean that you're gonna be following others' trails. That's the beauty to design because design gives your voice a forum. And your legacy is that important that it needs to be your voice, it needs to be your signature, it needs to be you, and you can't have that. You can't execute that vision unless you have innovation in which you are growing, you are stretched, you are pulled in terms of how you see things, how you process things, and what you're willing to do to see that come to fruition. The first the first thing about mechanics of creativity is that it is a mental process but it's also a physical process. When I talk about a physical process is how much physical activity or exercise do you get? Physical activity improves your well-being improve, improves blood flow to the head. My wife and I often said that we have never made a major decision unless we logged at least 250 miles jogging together. That included things such as where we're going to live when to start a family, what house to buy, all those things. The beauty of exercise, especially with running, and this is before my wife and I had to give it up because of our knee problems, mm-hmm. is that when you run with someone, there's a cadence. You are in unison. There's a, a synchronization. And when you do that, you're moving forward, figurative and literally. You get a sense that, hey, we're making progress because we're advancing the conversation. We're advancing the story. When you exercise, it's hard to exercise and be stressed at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. Once you get going into that cadence, that rhythm, of exercise. When you get into that good breathing uh, cycle, your stress levels will drop, and you're going to be thinking a lot clearer. By all means, if you haven't, if you're not, don't have a regular regular exercise program, please. Institute that because you're not going to be tapping the full potential of your creativity if you're not exercising on a regular basis. The second mechanic of creativity is observation. How good are your powers of observation? We are so distracted in this day and age with cell phones, uh, instant messaging, all these things, and just the hectic pace of life that we... Don't notice things. Or it just dawns on us when something just pops up and says, oh my God, and it, it, my goodness, and it's been staring at our face all the time. Simple exercises for observation. Can you look at someone and tell them whether they're left or right handed just by looking at them? There are a couple of clues. If the person's wearing a wristwatch, then think about this. We tend to put on things with our dominant hand. So we tend to put on our watch with our dominant hand. So if it goes on our left hand, then the person's right-handed. Another thing is that a person's wearing a belt. We tend to pull the belt to tighten it uh, with our dominant hand. Therefore, the belt buckle will point towards your uh, dominant hand. Powers of observation. Now, what happens if a person you know doesn't have a watch, is not wearing a belt? In this in the day and age, we have cell phones galore. And again, think about it, we tend to use our dominant hand for most functions. So such as, you know, brushing our teeth, opening doorknobs, but also in terms of our cell phone, you know, punching in the numbers, uh, whatnot. So we usually have the phone in our left hand, our non-dominant hand, because the right hand, or I'm sorry, our dominant hand is doing most of the work. So anytime you see someone pause a cell phone, chances are there's more likely that they have it in their non-dominant hand. Practice your powers of observation. First of all, take the time, say this is important, stop and say, all right, let me take a look at my surroundings. Let me be cognizant. Let me use all my senses. One of the most popular uh, fictional characters is Sherlock Holmes. And we, you know, people were just amazed that he was able to, to do so much. As he would tell, you know, oh, Watson, elementary, my dear Watson, and then he would go through his powers of observation. Sherlock Holmes's creator, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, was a physician. And in fact, Sherlock Holmes was inspired by one of his professors in medical school. Powers of observation. A good neurologist will be able to tell uh, just by watching, observing a person walk where the stroke is located in his brain. A good physical therapist will be able to walk or have a person go through a series of motions and have a really good idea of which muscle group is involved and what the problem is. Don't underestimate, and don't um, shortchange the power of observation. Give it the time and attention it deserves because it will open your eyes. You'll start seeing things differently. You'll start asking questions. Curiosity is what propels people, what propels people to go forward. They ask, you know, why can't we do this? How come, how does this work? And things of that nature. Once you start making a conscientious effort in terms of observation, it'll naturally follow that you're going to start asking questions. Why did this happen? How did it happen? And by doing that, you're going to start uh, stimulating parts of your mind that I think are somewhat dormant. Most of us, again, are so distracted that we don't take the time to observe our surroundings. And observing our surroundings also includes our people. Can you read someone's body language? Can you pick up on nonverbal cues? They always talk about when you go into your business meeting, do you know the temperature of the room? Those are important things. Those are important things in terms of obviously your work, but this is important in terms of your personal life and in terms of your legacy building. Because your legacy building is, are you starting to ask the questions? Is this the legacy that I want to leave? How did I get here? So, you know, this point in my life? Or you say, made the observations. I want to change. I want to move in a different direction, but how do I move in a different direction? That is going to start increasing your creativity. And again, it's going to take work. You're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to have to wake up in the morning. And of all your many things that on your list of to do, you're going to ask yourself, all right, what am I going to do to increase my keenness of observation? And how does this play out in terms of your legacy design or in terms of, you know, application, in terms of actually making a difference or, you know, moving things forward? Well, Henry Ford is often, I think some people might mistakenly think that he invented the automobile, but it was Carl Benz, if, if Tribute Pursuit is correct. What Henry Ford did, though, was to bring to the auto industry was its production line, the assembly line. And Henry Ford got the idea when he was touring and observing a meat processing plant. In those plants, you take the side of the cow, the whatever, the steer, and you put it on a assembly line, each person has a specific task of cutting up a specific cut of the beef. It gets processed very efficiently, whereas before, if you had one person doing it, it would take more time, it would be less efficient. Henry Swartz saw that, and he said, oh my goodness, look how efficiently they are in terms of you know, taking that uh, side of beef and turning it into uh, cuts that are ready for consumers to purchase. He did the same thing with his uh, with the Ford, the Ford line, and because of its efficiency, it brought the price down, and then people, more people, were able to afford cars, and you, you know, the rest of how it took took over, and how you know we're a very auto centric country. So that was the thing, though. But it's been, but it's because Henry Ford wasn't always thinking about, uh, you know, automobile, automobile. He said, let me look at something else. Let me look at other successful sectors, other successful disciplines. We get so focused and want to be an expert that you're going to get into, you know, what they say about an expert. It's a person who knows a lot about very little, a very narrow bandwidth. With creativity, you can't do that. You can't landlock yourself by staying into, in your, um, what's familiar, what's uh, your, your your field of expertise. And I talked a little about this and maybe semantics about you know, instead of um, getting out of your comfort zone, it's about growing your comfort zone. But nonetheless, it's expand yourself. And you do that by expanding your vision. You do that by looking at other people, what they're doing. And you do that by asking questions. Observation, curiosity. Those are the mechanics of creativity. And this has to be intentional. This can't be haphazard. It can't be willy-nilly because design is predicated on intentionality that you have a specific vision, you have a purpose and you're gonna commit yourself to that. Do you believe in your legacy? Are you building the one that you want? Do you, do you wake up and say, yes, this is the legacy I want to leave behind and I'm leaving it. Your legacy is your story. Write it, write it in your voice. Don't copy anyone else's story. You have a unique voice. When you copy someone else's story, you are diluting, if not eliminating, your story. Believe in your creativity, believe in yourself, and believe that your story is worth telling by you. That is how important this le- the legacy building is. You wanna, and you wanna, leave the legacy that you truly want to leave behind. It has to be intentional. It has to be grounded in design. Three episodes ago, I talked about Olga Corbett and her impact. And think again about it. It's uh, 1972 Summer Olympics in Munich. We have this teenager from uh, from, the Soviet Union at that time. And she just captivates the world stage. Her vision, I suspect, was that she was going to take women's gymnastics to a new level and subsequently gymnastics in general. Her mission was that. think about the hours of dedication that she had in the gym, perfecting those moves. That was creative, but it was creative because I don't know if, you know, again, I don't know the entire process, but I don't suspect she was sitting around. Just wistfully saying, boy, I wish I could change the world or I could change, you know, uh, um, women's gymnastics. She had a laser focus and that was amazing at 17. And you talk about 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Any of those, any of you who know uh, people who pursue uh, athletic training and, you know, are successful at any level, realize that. Your creativity. It's foundational to your legacy building. Innovation and creativity is so important that Dieter Rams cited it as the first principle in good design. The first one. Start there. Start there and build. Build a legacy that you want to leave behind. Creativity—it's there within you. Don't listen to anyone who says that you're not creative or you can't do something. Don't ever let anyone dictate how your legacy is going to be played out. That's not their—that's uh, not their—that—that's that, not their area. That's not their space. This is yours. Fill it. Fill up the space with your voice, your vision, and let it flow from from your creativity. If you are interested in exploring how to build your legacy through design, I invite you to visit my website, truenorthshippering.com, and sign up for a complimentary session on how we can work together. My next episode, I hope to have the interview with the young entrepreneur, Isaiah Sidoan, Until then, please give your legacy the time and attention it deserves, because when you do, we all benefit.